0: Drive-By Cinema Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun Hello and welcome This is Drive-By Cinema Season 3, episode 32 32 That was my co-host Paul Interjecting As usual And I'm Rick
1: Hello Rick and welcome everybody to Drive-By Cinema episode 32 of The podcast three. where... We watch the movies, so? You don't have to, and you certainly don't
0: have to. No, thanks. Paul, over the last few episodes, I yeah. don't you know if you've noticed, I have been almost continuously, every time, having to apologise for my mistakes and correcting myself. Oh, heck, here we go. It, it used to be the case that I was correcting you. That doesn't seem to be happening anymore. Why? What do you mean you were correcting me? Yeah, I mean, you used to make mistakes frequently that I had to correct. No, I didn't. Like what? Well, I mean, I don't want to go back and r- rake over the coals of the
1: many. I don't. Well, I think yeah, I mean, like errors, I, I might have, but, yeah. I might have called John, John Candy, John, John, somebody else famous, and stuff like that. But I don't think I had said anything egregious. Nothing egregious,
0: minor things.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Well, we all make mistakes. It's a live podcast, isn't it? We I mean, what do you expect?
0: What do you expect? So when I last week said mm. that the Drostra effect had a nun on the cocoa packet rather than what the, what it actually has, which is of course a nurse. Ah, that was egregious. Oh. Did you slap yourself well, about the face? I mean, in my defence, did you wear old fashioned? Old-fashioned nurses wore those
1: elaborate headgear. In your defense, old-fashioned nurses were often uh, tied to monasteries. so Often nuns, nuns. Often were nuns. nuns so. yeah. Yeah. I think that's it's where the uniform comes from, isn't it?
0: It's an interesting marketing exercise, though, for a cocoa powder to like be health forward. You know, Like it's a nurse. It's something a nurse would give you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I,
1: I guess it is in the evening. Why not? Uh, nice. Well, I think it's possibly more helpful than Double Jack and Coke, isn't it? Which is your other yeah, you nightcap choice. You don't get many nuns on those, do oh, you? I don't know. Hip-plastic plenty, I'd imagine.
0: Now, you may not have made any factual
1: errors last week, Paul, oh. but you did oh, oh, completely okay. script your recording. I did, ironically, yeah. Uh, accidentally, ironically. Accidentally. Because uh, you a... were there when we were testing audio, and it was fine. Uh, and then, for some reason, I messed up afterwards, so... Sorry, everybody.
0: I'm you had to do it on the episode where we specifically discussed <laughs> the issue of poor quality audio in in film and
1: television these days. It was like, well, yeah, it was very appropriate. Uh, it's not. A, it's like an inverse to quackeryism, isn't it? I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on there. Well, it's, it's just hypocrisy on my part, isn't it? Simple terms. Do
0: you have any other
1: corrections you want to learn? Elevations, etc. Not yeah. really. No. Yeah. No. No. Apart from the observation that, you know, uh, to live a happy life, you have to live a stupid life. Generally, you know, higher IQ or people who observe and entertain themselves with their IQ are often less happy. So, so, so I'm not going to go there with brainwaves, Richard. I'm just going to reside in my average beatific way over here. Well,
0: so you're yeah. like deliriously happy, are you? It's like you're yeah, I'm stupid, yeah, <laughs> by, by not
1: thinking about things. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. No, we'll get onto that. Bring on once. the trepanic, that's all I can say.
0: There's a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Uh since like we what? don't have any. Okay. <clears throat> well, I think I might need to force you to watch YouTube or two.
1: <laughs> Go on. Well, you, you seem upset. Uh, it depends how painful it's going to be. What kind okay. of YouTube stuff? Okay. It, uh, Please, it's not actually... directors' first films, first 15-minute <clears throat> shorts. Okay, Because okay. So, I remember when you made me do that last time and it, it, it scarred me for life.
0: There is a film that's been recommended to us by a listener. Ah. Uh, Mary, hello. Who right. recommended a particular... Mary or Mary? Mary. Hi, Mary. A particular film. Oh. It's in the movie suggestions on Discord, actually. It's called Kung Fury.
1: Okay, I like the sound of that, Mary. Yeah, uh,
0: It's period. only 30 minutes long, and it is available entirely on YouTube. Okay, I will watch that, and we'll talk about it
1: briefly at the beginning of next episode. Is that okay? It's only 30 minutes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so that's yeah, not yeah, the YouTube that yeah, yeah, I no, want, no. wanted oh, you to see. Oh, hell, right. fire. Oh. I if fucking minutes to see now. Go on.
0: Well, I need your opinion oh. as a man of, you know, uh, estimation. Frequently washed right
1: underpants, word? yeah. Yeah. Frequently washed <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true, everybody.
0: I, I, I mean, I don't... You George, did to do that? In.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Cool. Well, first, watch this music video on YouTube.
1: Is he going to send, me, he's gonna, he's gonna send me a link?
0: It's one. in chat on
1: Zoom, Paul. And you have to, you have to Zoom it. Uh, chat. <laughs> okay. Sorry, that was me and my old man brain fog. Have I heard of the term BMV below market value? Well, this is a below market property deal. I'm Paul, standing outside of my latest pro- Oh, it's advert. Okay, Pre- sorry. Press
0: skip this ad. I, I press skip.
1: I press skip. I press the- Wiley, wearing my Rolex. Wiley, wearing my Rolex. That's right. What do we do? You know it, yeah? No. Oh, you seems to be singing it. Oh, I know that bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a sample, I think they call it in the game. Is it? From what? What will we do?
0: Oh it probably yes, it probably is a, a sample, yeah.
1: Okay, we got some either rabbits or wolf furry people.
0: I think they're foxes, Paul. They? Oh they're, they're foxes, foxes, yeah.
1: Well that's kinda of like well, that's what a fox is, it's kinda of like a rabbity cute Version of a wolf, isn't it?
0: This is from 2008. Wow. It's described as Grime Meets Electro by grime musician Wiley. Obviously, nothing to do with the Blackpool grime scene that you're, you know, big, big news in. Okay, now
1: what do you want to ask me? Okay, so about, what I want to do movie.
0: here we go. I want to, want to now compare with this track. Okay, I've got to go. I'm you. now pasting Zoom. in your Zoom chat. chat
1: window. Zoom chat. Right, okay, so is this going to be the last video I've watched, Richard, or have you got another one for me? No, that, that's it. Okay, that's it. okay, good, two videos, okay, good, right. good, good. Yeah, okay. So, question, comparisons, is there something you wanted to do with this?
0: Well, every, everywhere you read about these songs, right, yeah. someone will compare Tenderoni to wearing my Rolex. I don't really see the comparison.
1: Hmm, well, I'm glad you said that. I, I mean, if, but if you I mean instance... there are some models standing around both of them. Uh, I don't think it's the video that they're talking uh, about, Paul.
0: I think it's the music. You know, I suppose you might see it as electro
1: grimy. The hook line is vaguely reminiscent of each other, but then I mean, I mean, what can you do with a few notes? I mean, what can you do? Uh, I, I'd say feel they're quite different. You know, like uh, this second one is, I like pre weekend, is not it? You know, he's got a very kind of artsy kind of presentation to it all, and, and kind of. Uh, Lots of vocal variety. I don't don't really see them being similar in any kind of way. Well,
0: it's, I'm glad you said
1: that. But here
0: on Wikipedia, for instance, yeah. mentions the critical reception. Guy in uh, on Drowned in Sound. I'm not sure what that is. Is it a website or a? Oh, it's a a magazine. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Anyway, Hayden Woolley said of it: "It's clear that he's not just wearing Wiley's Rolex, rather he's nicked off with it altogether and is parading around as his own." No. quite good writing. No, I, I, I just don't see that. And blah, blah, blah. Uh, lots of people are basically comparing it to wearing, wearing my Rolex. But I think it's just, first of all, I think it's much better than wearing my Rolex. It is, yeah.
1: Personally. I, 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 wearing my Rolex seems to be, you know, the tired, worn-out end of, you know, 2000 Dance, really, to be honest with you. Mm. It seems to be lacking mm. ideas. It seems to be just... Using attractive women dressed in a funny way uh, that isn't Benny Hill because it's ironic, but is kind of Benny Hill, you know. <laughs>
0: um, I'm regretting giving you the music videos now, I mean, he could have just listened to the music. Can you? Um, then you wouldn't. Then you wouldn't be focusing in on the <laughs> on the female model. And anyway, well, anyway, that's all, Paul. You've. You put my fears to rest that everyone was seeing the similarity. No, that I wasn't no. really
1: see. There's no similarity at all. I don't think in any noticeable way. Like Black Eyed Peas, you know, I mean, like all their big hits, you know, are straightforward samples, aren't they? You know, of really old classic kind of uh, often uh, Mexican or Latin American uh, singers, you know, and then brought into a new era kind of thing. So I, mean, I don't, see, I don't see there any. Don't see. I don't see. There doesn't seem to be any wholesale lifting going on here. So. So I don't know what the comparisons are about. Stylistics, you know, maybe.
0: Oh, these modern musicians! No, no new ideas under the sun, is there?
1: So, so no, I just very different. They just don't come across as being similar at all.
0: Thank you for that, Paul. We seem to be on the same page. Let's see if we think the same about this week's film after your mm. composition. <laughs> <laughs> Music
1: by. Or was it Music Allegro? I don't know (laughs) Now listen, Paul Great British car of music
0: (laughs) Although often I might ask you what the name of the film is Doing so on this occasion would be unfair, wouldn't it? Because, as you may have discovered
1: It's called something different on Amazon Prime
0: It's differently named, yeah,
1: exactly Is that regional or is that just like I no idea, it's confusing So the taking of Deborah Logan, am I right in saying Logan?
0: Or just The Taking. The Taking.
1: The Taking. Quite an old movie now, isn't it? 2013, 14, something like that. I can't remember.
0: Not as old as the protagonist or antagonist of the film, (laughs) actually. Deborah. Deborah Logan. Yeah. This is a found footage horror movie,
1: right? (laughs) Uh, It's really treading the boundary of that, isn't it?
0: What do you mean? You mean it? You don't think it's well the holding? Well, the, true the camera to... team
1: arrive and set up like various cameras around yes. around her house, and you know, a lot of them aren't really hell cameras, are they? A lot of them, you know, seem to have automatic zoom and focus that you know, a, you know, a professional cameraman might you know might take shots in a very similar way to them. So, so there's. Well, there's
0: three people involved with the filming project. Yes. It's a PhD project.
1: It is a PhD project. Thank you for noticing that. I, well, I've, I've got to come back to that. <laughs> well, I'd like, I'd like to, to come talk, back to that too. <laughs> I'd like to talk about her dissertation. <laughs> I want like to talk about her dissertation too. That's, that's the one thing I think we can both agree on. Uh, is and the a-
0: apparently, as part of her PhD, she can afford to employ two crew members for her
1: film.
0: <laughs> one of them is the cameraman, who we very rarely see. Yeah. Is he the guy and with the glasses? One? Yeah, I think he's got glasses, but I think they both have glasses. Oh, okay. And then there's the other guy, who I'm not sure what he's doing. Is he the sound guy? I think so. Names are not important in this movie somehow, are they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh. I did write down the PhD student. Her name is Mia or something? Mia or... Hu, yes. Mia. So we've got Deborah, the main, seems to be a possessed uh, plot spoiler there, protagonist. Uh, her daughter. <laughs> yeah, coming right into the plot <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> her daughter. Her we daughter. are six minutes into the film. <laughs> <laughs> her daughter's called what? Uh, not Sam. Is she Sarah? Called Sarah, is it? Sarah, oh, thank you. Sarah yeah. is. De- so Sarah, we've got yeah. Deborah, Sarah, and Mia, okay. And the rest we can just name There's a neighbour. The rest we can just sort of describe. There's a neighbour, an old neighbour. There is a neighbour, yes. I have forgotten his name too. So
0: our PhD student Mia making a documentary about Alzheimer's sufferers. Yeah. And she travels to Exuma. Exuma? Exuma, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And guess what? There's an old lady living in suitably spooky kind of, uh, you know. A big old house which she won't sell. Which she won't sell. So... So and Sarah is a bit upset. About and he's that. cluttered with her the, the accoutrements of her life, uh, which include <laughs> include Toys in the attic, kind of creepy stuff, yeah. But also a telephone exchange.
0: Well, that's because she was the telephone <laughs> exchange person. Yeah, the town. In, in the town
1: in 1971, she set up her own business and created her own telephone exchange in 1971. Yeah, in 1971, because <laughs> there was a need for people to be able to leave messages for each other it wasn't the, this wasn't the, i mean it, i think it had a modern telephone system she just set up essentially what was an answering an answering machine service but physically i, with I, I didn't physical get any of this language. in the film yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> i mean she's not that old is she i mean yeah 1971 because her daughter Sarah is about 45 50 about 40 40 years old isn't she so her daughter was born you know, around that time, early seventies kind of thing. How does so, that yeah. make any sense? In the early seventies, make weren't, it, yes, they exactly. weren't exchange it makes we no, no it was a professional boutique, sort of bespoke service for people that wanted to leave messages for other people in town.
0: What well, when was what year was the Strouder telephone system invented?
1: You, you, you misunderstand Richard. It was a, it was a telephone <laughs> exchange where she, instead of employing a receptionist, they could all employ her essentially as a as a note-taker and receptionist and passing on, and passing on of message, messages. It's kind of like, you know, uh, sort of devolved office space today, but devolved receptionist, I think, was the idea. The idea was that she was very... In, I mean, what they're trying to get across here, but somewhat pathetically, is that she's very driven, individually-minded, and quite a distinctive character.
0: 1896, the Stroudger. Switch was, was <laughs> patented. <laughs> so you're telling me that 80 years later she sets up a wire. No, they operation. they
1: had a telephone system in the town. She just decided to set up a, a really another one curious yeah. business proposition <laughs> where she would leave, take messages for people. This meant she got a lot of the town's gossip. Yeah, and we see a brief montage of her living. You know living amongst these important doctors and judges and professors, leaving her messages to other people, and being party to the town's gossip and secrets. There we go. Well, at the start of
0: the film, Mia is having to explain to Sarah and Deborah why she's doing this. Apparently her grandfather had suffered from Alzheimer's. She made that up just to calm Deborah down. She did make it up. She admitted that, didn't she? To the sound guy later. And...
1: Because Deb was having second thoughts about being on. Oh god, on the, the first ten minutes are torturous. Like this movie, I've got. To, I, was to, I was going to mention it later. This movie has got this thing about trying to be naturalistic for no reason, right? So well, it's, it's
0: because it's found footage. Yeah, it I has know. To be nat- it's I got know, to but
1: buy into It's that, kind it? of it's it's nails on the whiteboard naturalistic. So there's lots of whispering, and you can still hear it on the camera. And there's lots of pauses and silences, and it's really, really, really just so cringe. Uh, And so we get all this sort of trying to be really natural the way we're whispering at the beginning uh, with mother and daughter sort of discussing if they want the film crew to stay. Is that right? Or somebody discussing it? I don't know. But
0: yeah. So because Deb won't sell the house, yes, Sarah needs the money to
1: keep the household
0: running. She does. Yeah, to look after her mother as well. She doesn't want to put them on her home anyway, does she? I mean, who would do? So, as a consequence, we learn that our PhD student is not only paying her crew; she's also paying her <laughs> subject. Because <laughs> <laughs> PhD students are very, very well
1: funded, aren't they? Especially yeah, when they're they working. Are. Working, working in Alzheimer's working, research. Alzheimer's sociology. Yeah. Okay, Because <laughs> let's get to a PhD. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, well, yeah. can I, you can say what you want to. Can I just say what was first? Which is just, I'm going to explain what my PhD is. you know, Alzheimer's is. And then we get a montage of Alzheimer's. We do get a montage. Alzheimer's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, of what Alzheimer's is. And I think, I what I need to research is that maybe it affects other people too. And that was it, wasn't it? That's so right. Yeah. The so, montage didn't explain what her PhD. The montage actually explained what Alzheimer's was.
0: Yeah. She, MCI, mild cognitive impairment. Oh. Uh, but yes, you're right. The the thing about it is, she, she's doing research into the uh, like second order effects. You know that Alzheimer's oh, has well, no shit, sure. Like
1: of course it affects on other people the, on the caregivers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right.
0: <laughs> but it's no. It's not really. It's not like a clinical trial, is it? It's not a
1: controlled study. No, I think it must be sociology or potentially not anthropology, because she goes to see an anthropology professor afterwards later on in the movie, and she knows nothing about anthropology. He must be a sociological look into Alzheimer's, mustn't it? So what she's going to do
0: is she's going to make this little video, and then she's going to show that as her
1: sort of PhD dissertation. Yeah, I mean, I I think qualitative studies are perfectly okay. Many, many of the uh, Shall we say softer sciences? We can
0: say that. Yeah. Now, Deborah does a little bit of art to keep her mind active, doesn't she? She draws things, mm. paints things. So yeah. see her painting spooky
1: house, toys in the attic, uh, artistic tendencies, and your own personal switchboard. You know, It's setting it up for a spooky movie quite well, isn't it? I was convinced by this.
0: And uh, Mia gets shown around all of the house Ooh. and all the crew get shown where they're sleeping. And this is another
1: you know, aching moment, right? Okay. Right. Okay. So they've, they've tried to, you know, present Alzheimer's. and I think they're trying to do a thing where they're trying to, you know, make a horror movie about people with Alzheimer's, but at the same time present Alzheimer's in a sympathetic way uh, or something. Uh, that falls down towards the end of the movie. It has a well. somewhat
0: confused <laughs> kind of
1: confused <laughs> stance, doesn't it? Yeah. And so they show the crew their bedroom, right? And it's like two airbeds, and one's not being pumped up yet. <laughs> and, you know, they're about to say to the mother, who they know has got Alzheimer's, yeah, you know, this isn't okay. And then, like, the daughter says, Oh, by the way, she really likes you to say please and thank you, particularly, you know, for, <laughs> you know, being, for being hospitable. And, like, uh, and then they the crew tries to act finding it difficult to find the register to say please and thank you for something they don't want to say please and thank you for, i.e. <laughs> airbeds. And all that is done over a minute and a t- minute or two. And it's just so one overacted. Because anybody, you know, who goes to somebody who's Alzheimer's ha- with Alzheimer's house is going to be, like, really nice to them anyway, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? But it's kind of, like, really showy about how they change what they were going to say to, oh, oh, thank you. That's very nice. And there's quite a lot of am-dram going on here, I felt, at the early stages of this movie.
0: So. Well, Mia, though, is being put in their aunt's room, which oh, yes. is much nicer, proper proper bed, but packed with those little knick-knacky things that old ladies have. <laughs> My grand had a lot of these Hummel figurines. Pink cushions. You know, Hummel figurines, a little
1: porcelain. I think old grands had those, didn't they?
0: I think they're quite collectible and valuable, yeah. aren't they? If you've got like ones in good condition, I think they're like fifty quid a pop, probably. Those Why? Things. They're horrible, though. I hate them. I used to hate them when I was a kid. Did I don't you see the uh, what the little, the little fat kid sitting on a branch, and the other one on a swing, and that kind of stuff? Yeah. You don't find them mildly distasteful. I don't like kitsch, no. No. exactly Exactly,
1: that's what they are, they're kitsch. Oh, I quite like kitsch. Uh, but you see, you're, you're, not, you're not a huge fan of found art, are you, or native art? Or shall we say, uh, art trouvé? I don't know what you, how you say it in English. In fact, we don't always call it found art, do we? What is it what Naive, it Naive, Naive art. Primitive is art. Is that... The kind of stuff that makes it into the Museum of Bad Art, Richard. <laughs> I, I'm genuinely a fan of some of that stuff. But you think Hummel figurines are
0: like that? Is that what they're part of?
1: Is... Well, it's, it's not great art, is it? I mean, you can't call it great art, can you? So It must be bad art, mustn't it?
0: It's like it's like commercial, isn't it? They I mean, just definition, definition of
1: them kitsch. is, by definition, bad art, isn't it? But,
0: they must and... make moulds and pour slip into them
1: and do, fire them what, off. And... Exactly, yeah. And they get somebody to dab some lead paint on their on their tongue, and then put it on the nose of the kid, kind I thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's horror stories to be told about that, isn't there? But not the no, what what, horror story we watched earlier this week. Yeah. By the way,
0: thanks for this, Paul. <laughs> Where did this come from? No, don't tell me. Uh...
1: <laughs> no, that's right. I I looked up the ten scariest horror movies ever. This was at the top of the list. <laughs> now I don't know what planet that well, comes from. People yeah. in an old people's home. I no, doubt. no. Like, <laughs> I don't know if the internet has gone like has reached other universities or life forms. You know, Venusian life forms. But I just don't understand what was scary. I Have to say. Well, don't get me wrong. Anything. I
0: mean, Alzheimer's is scary, right? It is I scary. I don't have the idea. I'm slowly losing. Do you? But presumably, if you're an Alzheimer's sufferer, at some point, you don't know. Do you stop knowing or being aware that you're losing your faculties?
1: Yeah, but I, I don't Please think God. this is portrayed in any realistic way. Was it? I mean, she was just far too functional as an old lady to have Alzheimer's, you know. It does come with physical degeneration. You know, Yes, it does. Yeah, it does, yeah. you know. The she doesn't, yeah, she, she
0: doesn't, she's not particularly frail, frail, although she does wind up in hospital, doesn't it? We'll come to that later.
1: Her language isn't fixated, you know. Uh, she does seem to have uh, memories of the present, you know. Just none of it ties in with, 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 with Alzheimer's in any accurate way. So uh, that was a disappointment. Now, the old neighbour guy that you've mentioned,
0: he very much admires Deborah's bravery. And you also get one of the the most overdone scenes of found footagey oh, wow. stuff. Elder because sex. Whenever... No, no,
1: oh, God, no. Hold on. Cuz I did whenever skip you... a bit. I skipped a bit. I thought maybe there's some elder sex happening between those two.
0: <laughs> whenever you see him the
1: the old neighbor guy talking with Oh this Sarah. is all Oh no, Richard, this is the other thing. This is the other awkwardly cringe kind of it's found footage. Let's show that it's found footage moment. God, describe it. It's just terrible. Well, you're, you're seeing you're seeing it
0: like zoomed in, yeah. as if it's being taken from across the garden or in, inside. So the, house. the picture's clear, but guess what? It's actually a long way away. So the audio is oh. terrible. In fact, it sounds like you last week. Uh, it's it's really badly treated and over <laughs> like over clicked and stuff. It's horrible audio. Just to hammer home the facts, it's found footage, and also that. It's overheard. It's candid. that They don't know it's being recorded. Presumably. Oh, God. It's, oh,
1: God. Yeah. So, so all that was a bit overdone, wasn't it, about, you know, their cinematic techniques, their approach yes. to dramatization. Uh, like, put it in the background, you know. Let it, you know, by all means do these things, but, you know, don't shove it like a pine on our face kind of stuff. It's not subtle.
0: That's the problem. Yeah.
1: And... Uh, I, I, Around about this time... What do you think about her daughter? Her daughter was like a cross between Celine Dion and Katie Lang, wasn't she? If people remember who Katie Lang was.
0: Apparently a lesbian, yeah. Yeah. We, we hear her on the phone to her girlfriend, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I chose this film, wasn't it? Because I read something about there being a lesbian involved, but there was very little... <laughs> <laughs> ...titillation in this film. <laughs> <laughs> we see... The cameraman sees... And through the
1: cameraman's eyes, we're seeing Debbie digging in the garden. Debbie's the mum for anybody Anybody confused about it. Debbie digging yeah, in the garden with what's called a spade, but I actually thought it was a trowel. A trowel? I think it's a trowel. Isn't they call it a spade. In, in the UK. Uh, well, let's call a spade a spade then. Or a trowel a trowel. But
0: was she holding a snake?
1: Yes. Like well, she's holding a snake and it's crawling up the tree. And like we can all see she's holding a snake. Except the cameraman doesn't really comment on it. Like, fuck, she's holding a snake, the daft old bat. Well, the c- cameramen are objective, aren't they? They don't
0: interfere. After you shot him,
1: I go, hey, Mia, by the way, your subject's digging in the garden <laughs> for snakes and found one. Like, what is going on there? The house gets wired up. They put little cameras, you know, like everywhere CCTV everywhere. So that's convenient. Isn't it obviously. convenient? Yeah. And, uh, Just uh, as it turns out, point, he's having a switchboard in the attic, but we'll get to that later.
0: De- Deborah has a breakdown in the kitchen, looking for something. She starts yelling and threatening the sound guy, who's who called Gavin. I've remembered. Uh, she wants um, a trowel, I think, doesn't she? Is that what she's lost? It could be. Hmm. They find it later, don't they? Yeah,
1: well, they find several later, and I think later
0: on. It's in the middle of the night, they find Deborah facing away from the camera
1: and she's clawing at her neck.
0: Yeah. She turns around. This was a little bit disturbing,
1: everywhere. yeah. Okay. Cause she's basically like the the you know, it's night time and the way the blood shines, it looks like, you know, she's about to pull her lungs and her heart out, but it's not, it's just surface scratches that are very bloody, isn't it? That's right,
0: yeah, yeah. Obviously she ends up in hospital the doctor talks about middle stages of Alzheimer's and uh-huh. starts increasing her in medication. But after she's discharged. Oh, now wait she's... a minute. No, no,
1: no. Now, the oh. whispering between the doctor and her daughter at this point was just so <laughs> overheard. Found footage cringe. I mean, doctors do whisper, they
0: but do they whisper, don't yeah. whisper
1: like this doctor was whispering. <laughs> it was the quietest, most sensitive whisper about your mother ever going to have to increase it's the medication. medication. A, medi- yes. a, medi- a medication. It yeah. <laughs> <The worst> was <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, the dialogue doesn't really slap, does it? The dialogue's never really knock out in this. There aren't really any funny comments. You, you could expect a few comic moments in uh, Plot Spoiler, a movie about an Alzheimer's elder that becomes a demonic portal. Okay. Uh, or a demonic uh, vessel. A vessel. Uh, Else. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, so I understand they know there's lots of what empty dialogue. You know, there's lots of quiet time generally, and when the dialogue happens, the dialogue isn't happening either. So I can see that they're eager to pump something into the movie, but yeah, all this self-conscious sort of self-gesticulation about about found footages and just wasn't welcome in my mind. Now the old neighbor Harris. He's strongly
0: opposed to any notion of her going into a residential care home isn't he? Uh-huh. He's looking out for her. Well I think he's and watched the
1: movie cocoon hasn't he?
0: <laughs> Why is it thinks she's going to get rejuvenated in the swimming pool? <laughs> and we keep the camera keeps sort of catching sight of Deborah, you know, like speaking to herself in the mirror and stuff through the crack in the door kind of thing. That's yeah. very much the nature of the way they film this. Uh, Mia, the uh, PhD student, analogises Alzheimer's as disconnecting the switchboard; lines get
1: disconnected. <laughs> oh dear! And doesn't really develop any further, does she? It's just like, oh, there's a there's a convenient analogy that happens to fit in with some of the stuff. That's we've used as our props, uh, and really doesn't take it any further. You know, It's, just, oh, it's like a switchboard, and uh, sometimes the switchboard stops working. Right, okay, well that gives us a great insight into the others, doesn't it? Right, at what point does she levitate on the kitchen counter? Is it tonight?
0: <laughs> the, by the way, the house that they're in is a big kind of colonial or antebellum-style house with columns, isn't it? It's really huge. Turns out it has three attics. So's got yeah that's right it's got loads of different addicts loads of different rooms and clearly he's far too big for an old lady and her daughter looking after him. Absolutely. Her. Get her in at home. Um I think at this point Sarah is turned to drink a bit hasn't she? And She's cigarettes. Also having to apologize to her girlfriend that she can't come back home yet. And she tells a story to Mia about being caught kissing another girl at age 10 and then being sent away to boarding school. Oh.
1: Okay, she smokes. I mean, there's two ways you could do her, her drink and smoking stuff. Is she's not a natural smoker, but the situation has driven her to smoking in a really unnatural manner. Or she's an actress that can't smoke naturally because she's not a smoker.
0: <laughs> Why? How does she?
1: How oh, she smoke? oh, you've got to watch it. Oh, it's just, oh, just. We did watch it. No, it's just. It's just not how people hold cigarettes or, or smoke. Yeah, It's annoying. Um,
0: there is a scene where Deborah's standing looking out of the window mm-hmm. and she then nails the window shut
1: while everyone watches, apparently. Yeah, now there. that might be a starting clue to everybody. This isn't Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I, don't, like, I, I don't know. I, I, w- I don't want people to go down the paranormal path uh, uh, you know, sure. before they go down the scientific path. Yes. But, you know, she's shutting windows uh, with... Seemingly non-contact forces, yeah. And they're all yes. like, oh, it could be a draft. No, it couldn't be a draft. <laughs> I mean, if it was a tornado, perhaps. Sure. So, yeah, that's the first point where they really should start considering some alternative hypotheses, I think, and they don't.
0: Well, they discover her out of bed later that night, don't they? She's not there. And they look outside and there's a nightgown outside on the ground. And they go outside and search frantically, obviously very worried. And they find her stabbing the ground outside with her fingernails, and frantic, and also naked. Um, so uh, they take her in and back back into the house. And Mia is cleaning her hands, and she's telling Mia that her daughter doesn't like men and that she never cleans her nails, which is a bit, bit of a oh, there was that, isn't. yeah, yeah. And they investigate the cam footage, and that's when they see her levitate standing life. in the kitchen. Yeah. And it she doesn't levitate. Oh. She just in, instantly goes from on the ground, on the floor, to standing on the countertop.
1: And it's all time stamped. So they, they view it from several different camera angles. So yeah. it can't be an error in the single camera. It happens in a frame, a single frame. They don't even see the motion across all perspectives. Well, So that's the second point where you kind of think maybe this isn't. Alzheimer's because she's moving, presumably at the speed of light, and shifting, <laughs> shifting, <laughs> shifting, between positions at incredible speed.
0: I dare um, say it's not a typical symptom. Yes. It's not a typical symptom. It's is it. A typical also, presentation yeah, of Alzheimer's. Also,
1: also <laughs> seemingly moving two meters up in a strong gravitational field of Earth without bending her knees, you know, without jumping. <laughs> So, I mean, there's all things to consider here, isn't there, really? Um, and, and they don't. So, it's really, I mean, they really don't catch on for quite a long time, do they? You know, they, they, they're definitely, you know, giving her the benefit of the doubt that this is all, you know, her behaviour uh, is all due to Alzheimer's. And it sort of, I mean, it never really smacks them in the face, does it? To well, Paris
0: is again counselling that they break in filming, because it's all getting too much for her. But again, this is taken like in terrible audio from across the garden. (laughs) But this is the only way they ever communicate (laughs) with Harris. (laughs) He never comes in through the front door and says hello, you know. (laughs) And they show her the footage they've got of her digging a hole and stuff. And Deborah has no recollection
1: of any of this, of course. Alzheimer's, you see. That's what it must be Alzheimer's. Back to hospital, the doctor does a. Does a, a spinal puncture? tap of some sort?
0: Oh, that's a spinal tap. Is a spinal tap the same as a lumbar puncture? I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's to look at the spinal fluid, isn't it? Or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For what? And I don't t- know. She gets this terrible rash, which I can well understand. I get the same kind of thing. Okay. Well, on TikTok, they all recommend changing your diet, Richard. Changing your diet is not an easy thing to do, is it? No. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, it's often regarded as a low kind of impact
1: therapy. But actually,
0: changing your diet is a big deal.
1: I mean, me and Richard, we tried to do the, the, the fiber challenge, didn't we? A couple of yes. years back and uh, petered out because it's, it's almost impossible to do. You-
0: no, I've, I've since heard other sort of dietitians and stuff say, basically, it's impossible to eat the right amount of fiber yeah. without you know eating too much food. It's, it's, it's sort of a well-known thing, I think, in dietitians.
1: It's an cycles. overstatement, isn't it? Okay, maybe. must be, yeah.
0: Okay, so now we do get occasional things telling us how long this nightmare is going on for, don't we? I don't know why. <laughs> the day 53, pop up, day, day 41. 60, yeah.
1: uh, so it's it's not concentrated. This is why maybe they don't realise that it's not Alzheimer's but demonic possession, you see, because it's spread over time. It's not, it's not going to... You know, the graph is gonna look shallower than 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 the bumps on it are kind of thing.
0: Yeah, they're not staying there constantly, presumably they have other lives, don't they? And Mia presumably has other PhD work to do, I don't know what. Uh, but they go to the house and they hear a howling scream as they arrive. Yeah. And they find Harris and Sarah pinning her down because she's trying to eat something <laughs> and they sort of pull it out of her hands and toss it across the floor, and it turns out to be one of these hummel figurines, I think. <laughs> she's
1: trying to eat an ornament. So they pack them up into boxes, don't they? So she's trying to they eat They do, them. thank God for that. Yeah. Much less dusting. <laughs> now, she is I mean, She's periodically back in the garden. I don't know when, digging or whatnot. But when and does Gavin, she... Gavin yeah. has put his crucifix up by the window, so he's oh, calmed Yeah. On.
0: He knows what's, what's he's,
1: going on. He but he's keeping quiet about it. But he ain't got no PhD so he can't, you know, he can't really talk to the boss about it, but he knows what's going on for sure.
0: And they see the pictures that she's been painting recently. Oh. Up in the art room in the attic wherever it is. Are they of Hitler's standard? They uh, they show <laughs> in picture after picture sort of a progression. A shadowy figure in the garden approaching Ooh. closer and closer. Until the very last one, it's right by the window. And then you get a jump scare. <laughs> just a bit cheap in this sound footage
1: film, isn't it? But it's Deb no. who's right there. I think it is a bit cheap. I think they decided to say, hey, let's do a slow burn on the horror here. Let's just have nothing scary happen for 68 minutes of 90 minutes of movie. Yeah. So we do get some action at the end, if if you're looking for horror action. Well, at this
0: point, Gavin has had enough, right? And he asks Mia to. He wants to double his pay, or he's going to go. Yeah, and and I think the camera guy says the same thing, like cottons on collective bargaining and all that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I feel the same way too. Actually, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was watching Judge Judy the other night, and guess who was on it? It was like Johnny Lydon. Uh, was no. being sued by one of his drummers from, his, from 1998, one of the early uh, Judge Judys. Yeah. Well,
0: because he didn't pay
1: his drummer at a gig or something? No, apparently assaulted him, flicked him on the ear, and uh, didn't give him a bedroom, a, a hotel room of his own. Flicked him on the ear? Yeah. He's an Probably. American drummer. He wasn't his regular drummer. Uh, and of course, Johnny was just using this for publicity, wasn't he? Uh, and how did Judge Judy... His public image limited oh, way his deconstructed way of fame. Uh, she ruled it in Johnny's favour. She said the drummer was a very difficult person to work with. If he wasn't <laughs> the boss, uh, he shouldn't really be telling people what kind of uh, hotel rooms to give him. Uh, and uh, she found the fact that uh, he went to the hospital 14 days after, apparently, Johnny gave him concussion uh, to indicate that he was making it all up. By flicking his ear? Well, first he flicked his ear, and then he knotted him on the forehead. Apparently. Ah, okay, yeah. Well, that would do it every time. <laughs> At a Japanese sushi restaurant. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, so uh, when does it all start going downhill? When do the when does she start vomiting earthworms, Richard? Is it about now? I think it is, isn't it?
0: Oh God, we dream of vomiting earthworms. <laughs> <laughs> the cameras catch Deb leaving a bed, walking around, disrobing as she goes. Yeah. And then we're awakened by a loud, old-fashioned telephone ringing. Of course, it's the old
1: switchboard that they've got coming back to life. Weirdly, ah, uh, what's going on up there? Who wonders? Who cares? Frankly, I mean. So now all the lights are out as well,
0: and we're in a wander through the kind of haunted house with a camcorder, kind of found Where is she? find her. Where is she? What's going on? Kind of stuff. Yeah. The door to the attic is open. <gasps> And they go up slowly, and there's something on the <laughs> stairs. It looks like flesh or something. Yes.
1: It looked like a meat patty or some pastrami. <laughs> oh, my gosh, pastrami on the stairs. What does that mean? <laughs> they so. find
0: naked Deb at the switchboard
1: weeping. Weeping, but also sort of growling. And then she's sort of in vague communion with the electricity in the machine.
0: Plugging, plugging the wires into the board. And then suddenly an electrical explosion. Yeah a flash, and a subliminal image, maybe? Or yeah. did I imagine that? I thought like there might have been.
1: I wasn't prepared to Guess read. what? The sound was recorded all this. He takes it for analysis, breaks it all down, does some filter curve on it, you know, does some compression, I don't know, does some fury analysis, whatever. Comes back, he's slowed it down, t- taken the pitch down from whatever devilish noise it was, and it's all in French. She's speaking fluent, fluent French French at high, high pitch and high speed. The eternal serpent will free my child. Come and drain you come and drown the rivers in your blood, yes, master. <laughs> so. Oh now, there was this whole thing before this. In the, the movie there was this whole thing, wasn't there, about or do we get introduced now to the killer? The sort of historical killer in the neighbourhood.
0: Yeah, the his, the history of this area with the Is he a French scoutmaster or something, or did I?
1: imagine that. No, paediatrician. Has she vomited earthworms at this point or not?
0: Not yet. No, okay. we haven't had the vomiting earthworms okay. yet. So let's put it in context.
1: Neighbour Harris is dismissing all this stuff
0: and he's offering to sell his tractor to keep to keep the household going. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Clarkson's farm. Uh, uh, they find another attic because as you said, attic. multiple attics. And and they're looking, but what are, they're looking for the, oh, the index book that she had with all the different telephone connections, but one page, the one they want,
1: has been ripped out. Guess what? The they, cam guy is a genius. Isn't he's he? genius. He does a paint what? rubbing. He does a brass rubbing of it with charcoal. Yeah. So when they've written on that
0: page and put the impressions on the next one, he can find them.
1: Luckily, she's find. an artist. and She keeps charcoal in the house. One three seven. Yeah, page one three seven. This is where we get the backstory, yeah. Who went missing in the early 70s. He's thought to have killed
0: some local girls. Four local girls. Missing. He's the River Rouge killer of
1: Exuma Valley. He was a big fan of a local River Rouge Indian or Native American traditions of sacrifice. And they, they, these girls were found with serpentine symbols on their foreheads. It was an effort to attain immortality by the Indians and presumably by him also. And they were all sacrificed on their first period. Ah. Right. And he
0: needs, apparently, I don't know how they work all of this out. He needs a fifth one. He needs five victims to attain immortality. He's called Henri Diardin. And apparently he was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease, which is why he was so keen on immortality. And also makes me wonder whether this whole thing was written by a medical
1: student. <laughs> When does Debbie get back in hospital? Does she try to rip her flesh off again?
0: Well, at this point, Deb goes to the toilet, doesn't she? And Sarah has to run in after her and finds her vomiting earthworms. black earth and
1: earthworms on the, on the <laughs> Which, if she eats pottery, it's likely that she's been eating the earthworms too. So I, I, Sarah wants to believe that this is something other than, you know, a medical condition like Alzheimer's. I mean, she's ready to believe, isn't she? You know, the veil has been lifted from her eyes, but uh, unfortunately the doctor says, well, yeah, I mean, you know, she eats pottery, she probably eats earthworms too, and so she doesn't get sympathetic ear to her qualms and concerns when she gets to the hospital.
0: Is it called Pika, the urge to eat anything? It is, yes. yeah, Particularly chalk, isn't it? Really? Mm. Because was that guy, like, back when a Back when I was a kid on kids' TV in like... He ate an aeroplane. Yeah, that guy at an entire aeroplane. He would eat like glass on TV, wouldn't he? Well, of course, the
1: metal... I think a lot of the metal would be dissolved by your stomach acid.
0: Not, not glass,
1: though. Not glass, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Terrifying. Mr. Monge 2 Mr. or Monge something? Mr. Monge 2, yeah.
1: I, if he ate the, I think he ate the metal in tiny, tiny bits. So it would be surface area is quite significant to its mass and would be dissolved almost entirely before it passes the small intestine. However, large amounts of it I think would find the metal ions would find its way to his bloodstream. So God only knows how much metal he's got lodged in his brain.
0: I mean, it's a pretty strange thing to put on kids' TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, uh, obviously, Deb is back in hospital for eating earthworms. Mia is speculating that Harris, the neighbour, murdered the Udine, and Debbie's covering for him. Yeah. Possibly they buried the body together. And as they are discussing this at the house, they hear noise outside, and it's Harris outside. He's drunk, and he's shooting a shotgun for some reason. He's drunk, yeah. And police car arrives, and the sheriff, who's... I've got a funny name. Sheriff, what's her name? i can't remember what the <laughs> name. Well, she's a woman, isn't she, the yeah. sheriff? And I thought for a bit that her and Sarah were into one another. Would be nice. Something was going to happen, but we don't hoping get any hope. Yeah.
1: I was, really. I was hoping for something in this film. <laughs> Phenomenal movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know what, what this has got to do with anything because he gets drunk and he gets carted away and carried away drunk into the drunk can- tank or whatever, and nothing really comes of it. But Gav splits.
0: He's had enough. He goes off and leaves the camera guy and they. Well it. And Deb leaves a hospital bed, abducts a girl from the pediatrics department.
1: A fifth girl, by the way. Through a, a f- fifth girl. A fifth abduction. So and you think at this point they really put two and two paranormal twos together to get, you know, a paranormal seven or twelve. But they still don't, do they? Well, they managed to recover her somewhere
0: in the hospital, facing a wall, standing with this girl, don't they? Yeah. Who's a poor girl's a cancer sufferer as well, yeah. it looks like. They have to strap Deb to the bed now, and she's screaming demonically. And Sarah's depressed, and she's seeing a priest and asking about exorcism, um, and Harris visits Deb.
1: This is the moment of revelation, isn't it? Um,
0: Mia and Sarah go and visit an anthropologist professor. Um, who was on the documentary that's about right yeah. Alzheimer's and stuff and he says that Deb thinks that she is Henri
1: yeah but he also kind of talked about
0: s- spiritual sim- parasites.
1: Yeah, he says, you know, this is just a cultural thing. He's distancing himself from the reality of it, isn't it? The paranormal reality or the paranormal, this reality, he's saying. But it's, you know, it's a sympathetic transference of personality, an imaginative process. And I was in the deepest, darkest parts of wherever... <laughs> And, uh, oh
0: this story they put a lot of stories <laughs> this story
1: <laughs> and one lady she was holding her dying had someone who to die from cholera for a month until the body rotted and mummified and she suddenly became she suddenly started acting like him nothing could save her apart from one thing what was it doctor of anthropology it was the witch doctor he burnt the baby he burnt the baby's corpse and then she was free this was an act of purification and cleansing there we go so I mean, if they want to follow his advice, they've got to find some sort of corpse that Debbie thinks that Debbie thinks she is and burn it. Yeah, burn it. So yeah. it'd be nice All if Reese they could corpse. find a, it. Would be nice if they could find corpse under. Anyway, old fella's gone back to see his, lo- his little lady at the hospital, and doesn't he try and smother her with a pillow? He does. He puts a pillow over her
0: face and tries to kill her.
1: But as he's doing that, bursts of paranormal energy invades her body, doesn't it? No, oh, a TV. Well, you know, a burst of paranormal energy invades a in, TV. Invades the TV, and it fires itself at him off its brackets, kind of. Thing. It whacks him in the head. I quite enjoyed that. I wish there was more of this in the movie. <laughs> there we and go. Harris tells Sarah that
0: Deborah killed Henri, buried him alive. Yes. And wow, what a revelation! And so they
1: go. To dig by the statue yeah, in the garden. It's like Harry an American Street. version of a garden gnome, isn't it? Really?
0: <laughs> when, they, when they go and dig there, they find a small trowel buried yeah. deep under loose earth. It's is odd, isn't it? So they Bury know
1: that Deborah, off. that's why she's been digging. She's got the body out. She's put it somewhere back in the house. They're very clever. Now they're onto it. I think they're, they're believing a paranormal hypothesis at this point, aren't they? Eventually.
0: Oh, that's right. She must have used a trowel to dig up the
1: body. And then covered it the hole back over. Yeah. I it's see. all fresh earth, isn't it? I mean they're great detectives at this point. So it's largely just a question of searching the house, isn't it, and finding a body and burning it. They find damp marks on a ceiling mm-hmm. and they
0: find the third goddamn attic in this house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's time but, to pull I mean, down those stairs and go up another creepy attic.
0: <laughs> It sounds unrealistic, but, you know, Mac Mansions have a lot of gable-ended
1: bits. They do. We've just said how badly the design they are. The attics are yeah, not going to run contiguous. There's lots of
0: attics, potentially. They send the camera guy up first, don't they? <laughs> and it, he says he finds gooey stuff on the joists. <laughs> and no pastrami <laughs> on the stairs this time. So He finds a Hessian sack stuffed between the rafters. Wow. And inside, the head Heads. of a cadaver. The
1: head of a cadaver oh my gosh, that's Sarah. And then she opens the bag and looks again. So, uh, and then we find other bags and they drag them down. And guess what? They, In, in, in a hysterical horror, they try to firelight the hearth uh, and really almost burn themselves because they spray petrol on each other or light fuel on each other. And then An they... explosion, it blasts them back from the fireplace yeah. when they light it, Paul. Now, uh, Skeptical Among Us would say it's too much fuel, but no. It's, par- <laughs> it's paranormal infestation of anger, isn't it?
0: At this point they get a call, because Deb has
1: broken Simultaneously, the, in the As they burn this corpse, she's broken free of her chains, hasn't she?
0: So they rush to the hospital with the sack
1: with the as head yeah.
0: in it. And we see now CCTV footage of Deborah escaping with a child. With the same child, I think. Biting a guard on the way as well.
1: She's <laughs> gonna have lactic shock. I think... Which I, thought was a nice... I think it was written by a medical student, this one. Yeah. <laughs> lots of, lots of them nice medical details that are somewhat irrelevant.
0: So they go with the cops to a hill yeah. where they guess
1: that Deborah's gone. Yeah, good guess, and, by the way. Yeah, and
0: the cops just drive clean through a gate with a chain on it, because that's what kind of thing cops do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And as they find Deb and the girl, and as they try to cuff her, Deb spits blood and venom or something in the cop's
1: eyes, like a snake. And, and so blinding the cop. Runs away with the girl to a corner. Can I just say what happens here? Yes. As they shine the torch on Deborah at this second moment. She's distended her jaw and is devouring oh. the child's head like a snake. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish there was more of this in the movie because that, that's It's quite, quite a shot, isn't good. it? Yeah, it's quite it's good, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, the sheriff, by the way, has copped it already. Copped it, yeah. <laughs> shooting uh,
1: snakes, sa- shooting. It shooting it. Deborah is no use at this point. All we can do is get and move on and burn those bloody Hessian sacks. So Sarah has
0: to crawl through a pit of snakes, like a bush tucker challenge or something. Yeah.
1: And we then... <laughs> <laughs> are we going to burn we these fucking Hessian snakes or not? Or this Hessian, <laughs> this, this hessian body? Where is this place? This Is some sort of ritual place? Because apparently burning the, burning, burning the corpse here, the cadaver here, has more effect. I don't know why exactly.
0: I don't know why. I don't know what this place was. It didn't really... It didn't sink in. Catacombs of yet.
1: some kind. Oh, it's near the Rouge River. It's the ancient burial ah. and sacrificial places of the Native Americans. Well, that would make sense. Of course yeah. it would. Yeah. So good guess by the police finding this place.
0: Well, Sarah manages to burn the cadaver. And then we get a news montage (laughs) explaining that Deborah was too ill to stand
1: trial (laughs) for murdering a policeman.
0: But then the kidnapped girl has a remission from cancer. Wow. Does that mean that she's now possessed, the kidnapped girl? It could be.
1: And then there's a little cutesy sort of uh, personal human interest story interview. You know, found footage from the local TV channel interviewing about her birthday and how happy she is. Then she smiles at the camera. A spooky way. End of. <laughs> um, now, I've promised you, Richard, it was billed as one of the scariest horror movies ever made. And perhaps I shouldn't have taken that at face value. Perhaps I should have looked into some reviews before I recommended this.
0: Well, it didn't make very much of an impression on me. I, I, I found it unpleasant, certainly. No question of that. There was very little of this film that yeah. I
1: actively enjoyed. Did you find it unpleasant, as in unpleasantly boring or just unpleasant? There were parts of it that were a little bit boring, yeah, quite a, quite uh, large parts of it they're
0: really boring uh yeah sorry you through. A, this, really. there's a really awkward mix between mm. the very natural normal horror of out, someone suffering with al- Alzheimer's yeah mixed in with you know this the, 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 the yeah, exactly. The unhinging your jaw like a snake and trying to swallow it, a child. It is essentially the
1: black facing of mental illness, isn't it? <laughs> this whole movie, <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. I, I th- isn't the idea of the film
0: that because she was suffering from Alzheimer's, she wasn't oh, mentally strong enough anymore
1: to avoid to the invitation in the demonic yeah. possession?
0: Because I, I think we're given to understand that she's a tough woman.
1: She killed Diardine in the past, but there was big guilt she's... around that, and he came through the electrical circuits of the past in her in her attic. I, 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 the weird thing is like how the paranormal here invades the physical world. I mean, if it's going to be physical, is it any, is it paranormal anymore? I don't know. I don't really. But how did it get into the little girl then?
0: Oh, oh because I, well,
1: I mean, Deborah did swallow her head, didn't? didn't she? <laughs> Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. the old-fashioned way, probably. <laughs> can't teach your grandma to suck eggs, but you, I mean, you can't teach <laughs> her to suck children's heads either. It would say so. So yeah, but that was a good shot. So one, I just wish there was more special effects and more grotesque horror. You know, uh, whether it's sympathetic to mel- mental illness or not, uh, uh, or mental g- degeneration. Uh, two, just just weirdly paced. Three, weirdly situated between sympathy towards, you know, a sympathetic presentation of mental illness and and tabloid sort of version of it. And then the paranormal aspect of, uh, of possession as illness. Although, as you say, maybe it's more that illness allows possession to happen. Uh, and then, yeah, just... The, 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 there were just no jokes. I mean, part of horror movies... Part of horror movie... Modern, you know, horror movie lore... and and tropism, is that you're going to have some humour thrown in there, aren't you? That's it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's important, I think, for a horror movie. Maybe important is too strong a word, but it's customary. Yeah. And a tried and tested technique in a horror movie to sort of lighten the heavy, horrific elements with some levity or some lighter moments. But here there was none of that. Because, you know, even at the, you know, from the moment, from the word go, we are having to deal with this terrible illness afflicting this family. So there's, there's no moments of lightheartedness. Nor afforded. are there
1: any moments of uh, sensitive treatment of, you know, daughter and mother sitting down and having a little crying jag or, you know, having a very, very sensitive tete-a-tete about the realities of palliative care for somebody who's dying of... Uh, of mental de- degeneration, you know, so true. So just mind
0: you, p- people don't talk about those things, do they? No, they never do. I just thought the
1: whole script was so blinkered, you know.
0: What did you think of the acting then? Paul,
1: I have to say, it's some of the worst acting I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god,
0: <laughs> right? I really um, thought
1: the acting was terrible in this movie, unfortunately. Well, uh, there wasn't much for them to work with.
0: No, there wasn't. I don't think it's totally their fault. I mean it's it a challenging flow, role, did it? Challenging role for the lady playing Deborah. Yeah. Whose name I don't know. That's Jill Larson. Yeah. Who played Deborah. Uh and yeah, you know, she had to, had to spend a lot of time naked digging the Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, it wasn't the worst acting ever, but it was. I don't think was you know, I don't think anything would be happy with their work in this movie. I'm going to give it a five, so it's not that bad, but pretty terrible.
0: I don't think it was that bad, but I'll will give it a six, six because, yeah, it wasn't great, was it? I didn't yeah. warm to any
1: of the characters except the sh- maybe the sheriff. <laughs> or drawn, or drawn, were they? You know, I mean, how do you inhabit a two D character anyway? I don't. Mind.
0: Well, now you're talking about the writing. Aren't yes, you, and the
1: we dialogue The plot, uh, the plot. I kind of like some of these elements. Uh, uh, they were very conveniently fitted all together, weren't they? You know, the anthropo- anthropologist and his story of burning, 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 possessed, possessed, uh, or, or people that think they're possessed. You know. Uh, this this Native American sacrifice and the telephone switchboard. I mean, I, I mean you, you really couldn't make it up, could you? I mean, there's only one way this story could be crafted as it was crafted. Uh, so, you know, bodge together, house that Jack built kind of narrative. Interesting, though, because it went down all kinds of the nooks and alleyways, uh, but just doesn't tie together. So I'm going to give that a four.
0: I do not understand how this uh, PhD is supposed to work. (laughs) (laughs) It's a crazy contrivance for um, a found footage film, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, you know, found found footage forces some choices on what you can and can't show, especially early on, you know. Yes. You can't show too much because how would... How would he be there to see it, yeah. How would the pretense be kept up? Yeah, people would be too freaked out. So, I think that's an unfortunate choice, whether, yeah. Poor choice, yeah, yeah. <sighs> hmm.
1: I'll give it a five, I suppose. How about the found footage score? What do you feel about the found footage score?
0: I mean, they stick
1: to it pretty they well. They do, they do.
0: Except maybe For that the that point of view. I mean... Well, it's all, in the hospital, it's all CCTV It is, television. actually. They do stick to it quite well, don't they?
1: So, I mean, I have to credit them a little bit. I'll give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven, too. Okay, finally, horror, because it was supposed to be a scary the movie. The Factor. I mean, it, it has creepy moments. Yes,
0: it does. Sure. Sure. And it has that amazing shot at the end.
1: <laughs> if you ever want to see a child's head devoured. By a woman who's dislocated a jaw like a snake. Well, most of the film is the same kind of horror you get watching elderly relatives taking the teeth out, isn't it? Sure. We were thankfully <laughs> spared the horror of elder sex, weren't we? So. <laughs> thankfully. Go on, I'll give it a six. I'm going to give it a four. My final score is a 4.5 out of 10. Not a recommend. I'm afraid. That's
0: low. That's low. I don't think I can recommend it either. So
1: I'm going to give it four. Well. Like if you like to giggle about really, really awkward dialogue, then by all means watch it. It's quite good fun in that sense.
0: I think if you're collecting found footage films, also you have worth to watch it. This. Yeah. Yeah. What did you score it, Rich? In total, I scored it a four though. <sighs> Ooh. Much harsher than my most of my
1: other scores, but yeah. I just didn't like it. It didn't. No, leave me with it wasn't appealing. Nice it wasn't feeling. endearing, was it? There we go. Done and dusted, okay, and uh, thankfully we watched it instead of you, uh, Steve Wilson. <laughs> right, okay, so Richard, it does behoove, behoove, or behoove in me to move on to next week's episode 33, Choice of Movies. I've got three, four, I have got 3 4 you. do not know what you think about these. Okay, hit me. Well, don't forget we've got uh, Kung Fungi? Fury. Kung Fury to watch as a side project, okay, a little bit of extra prep there before our homework. Uh, the, the three I want you to choose from are Deja Vu. Oh, a movie! Have I seen that before? You probably have. <laughs> have this joke, you see.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm oh, oh,
1: sorry. Sorry, I'm busy looking at my list, Richard. I'm not listening to you. Okay, thank you for that joke. Uh, so, déjà vu. Have you heard that before, Richard? <laughs> uh, hearing it before How would I be déjà vu. Déjà vu. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, déjà vu is our first choice. Second is Project Almanac. Or Almanac, depending where you're from.
0: Almanac.
1: Or (laughs) Almanac, as the French say. Uh, So uh, I guess that's about time travel too. Of course, yeah. Thirdly is, uh, let me look with my glasses down. Oh dear. Uh, I thought it said Time Cop, but I thought it can't be Time Cop. Time Cape, is that right? Time-lapse, surely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's the film on our list. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, time-lapse. I can't read my own writing, okay? Time-lapse. Deja Vu, Project Almanac, time-lapse. The choice, Richard, is yours.
0: Worth reminding listeners at this point that we're now using letterboxd.com. Yes.
1: With no E before the D of
0: letterboxd. Um, to track the films we've watched and the films we're going to watch. And... So you want to see all of the films, you can look us up on there. They should have put that E in. <laughs> of those, I'm going to choose the last one, Time Lapse. Whoa, Time,
1: Time Lapse. Lapse. I was not expecting that, Richard. Uh, and I'm now going to check that we can see it. I'm just something. thanking God you didn't choose Project Almanac, because I didn't like the sound of that one. Um, we find out that it's 7 dollars 99 on Mubi,
0: Japan. What? (laughs) No, it's available on all of the normal streaming services, but we may have to rent it. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Okay. So, Time Lapse is the film for next week. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Ciao for now. See you on the next one.